0: It was great to, to hear about India. Um, I had the privilege of going out there twice before, um, once uh, with uh, with Nat and Richard and Emma, to do some worship stuff, and then once with a youth team. And I've got to say, the guys out there, uh, you know, they're just passionate on a, on a different level. Uh, their, their devotion to God um, is unreal, but. As much as I love, have loved going out to India, I love this country. I love this nation. I love this town of Beverly. I love the people in it. And my heart is to see God do what's out in India here. He's the same God out in India as He is here in Beverly. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, forever, uh, and He's able to do immeasurably more than we can hope, dream, or imagine. And that's my belief uh, coming into today is that, and what I've picked up already this morning from what Pat said is just God wants to do the same, same stuff here. And I was just thinking, what kind of stops us from seeing those sorts of things? And it challenged me when we sang that I'm desperate for you, I'm lost without you. It's one of those songs that we sing and we, we just sing the words, but it challenged me this morning because I was thinking, actually, how desperate am I for God? How lost would I be if I didn't have Jesus in my life? I've got a lovely family. I've got a good, I've got a good job for the church, which kind of, you know, links, if I wasn't working for the church, I'd have a job somewhere else, so I'd be able to pay our rent, and we live in a a lovely little part of, part of England. Um, So how lost would I be without Jesus? And it really challenged me, actually. And I think that's a challenge That goes out to all of us is that we sing these songs and we sing these words, but how much of that actually really land in our heart? Um, I was reading a book by David Watson um, about the Holy Spirit this week. And it was talking about, you know, know, often we ask for more of the Holy Spirit and we long for more. We need the Holy Spirit. uh, The Holy Spirit's power in our lives. Uh, We need that. We need the the ongoing, but also, you know, every now and again we get get an infilling of the Spirit that empowers us for the task that's ahead. And that happens. But it was saying that the way we see the holy spirit can have a big effect on our lives that if we see the holy spirit as an object we're just constantly going for more and more and grasping for more it's like i like pizza uh, and if i want pizza i'll well actually there's this new thing called uh, i'm not sure if you know of it a website called just eat um, oh, it's great, you can order to take away online. You can sit on your lounge, go, type it in, just eat, I'll order, you know, a pizza pizza, get it delivered. Um, not that I use it that much anymore. Um, um, but anyway, if I want pizza, I could just go and order pizza and I can get more and more pizza and as much pizza as I want and I'll get it. But it's actually the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, We can keep trying to go for the Holy Spirit and grab more of the Holy Spirit, but actually the real power happens is when we identify with the Holy Spirit as the person and we allow that relationship to build. So if I want more of Nay, I need to surrender myself and be vulnerable and open and honest, and then I get to know her more, and the more I open up my life to her, the more she opens up my life to me and it's the same with the Holy Spirit. We can only have more of the Holy Spirit if we let go of more of ourselves. So the measure of the Holy Spirit in our lives is the measure we let go of ourselves. And it was just a real challenge for me this morning of, actually, I need to let go of some things to let more of the Holy Spirit come in. Because I'm not desperate enough. And the guys out in India are desperate. They give their lives wholeheartedly. And as we as a church, are we desperate enough? We we want to see these things happen. You know, I'm convinced The majority of us in the room want to see sick people healed. The majority of people want to see lost souls saved. The majority of people want to see chains broken, want to see depression broken, want to see cancer broken. We want to see, see divine provision into people's lives. We want to see people being saved on the streets, people being saved in church buildings. We want to see people being saved in businesses, wherever we are. We want to see the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God and the reign of God rule where we are. I'm up for that, and I'm sure the majority of you are up for that. But there's a dynamic of, actually, we need to shift something in our own lives and shift out some stuff in our own lives to make space for God to do what he wants to do. Uh, that was a precursor, anyway, to <laughs> where I'm going uh, this morning. Um, sheesh, what time are we on? I'm aware there's an important football match happening this afternoon at the KC Stadium. Um, <laughs> and uh, keeping the football theme, I've got a talk of two halves this morning. Um I'll come back to to some of the stuff that I've just said in a little while. Um, I'm aware that, um, for those that don't know, if if you're new to the church or you're a visitor, by the way, my name's Ali Crompton, hi, nice to see you, I'm full-time employed by the church. I just really wanted to give an overview to, to those people who are new, but also those existing, of some of the stuff that I get up to. It's been a while since I've been able to share some stuff. God's at work, and uh, not in the kind of big measure in India, but God's still at work in Beverly and some of the stuff that we're getting up to. I just wanted to share some of those things with you uh, this morning. Oh, we'll go back there. Go and make disciples. I'm glad Pat chose that. Go and make disciples of all nations. It's what we're called to do. It's what we're about. So everything I'm involved in in terms, of, in terms of the work for the church and actually in terms of my home and whatever else I get involved in, it's all about, you know, we're called to go and make disciples. Jesus made it very clear and very, very simple for us. To love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. To love others as yourselves and to go and make disciples. If you're lost and you want to know what your purpose is in life, you've got it there. You need nothing more. Simple as that. Um, so the youth stuff, we're blessed with, um, with a great bunch of young people, we've had a great bunch of young people. This was partly spurred on by a discussion I had last week uh, with, with some of the guys that were up, and uh, I'll just fire a, fire a few things up there. I asked them just to say, um, it's always good to to hear how they're journeying with God uh, and where they're going on with, and just some quotes up there from from their time that they spent in, in the youth group. Uh, so they had lots of friends who've become some of the best people, a grounding in faith, Um been able to grow in faith with like-minded Christians, learning practical skills, chat to develop my faith alongside other Christians, uh, develop as a person, um, Ali Amanda and Laura helped me transform my life as a Christian, uh, and the odd guest speaker had great fun along the way. I just put those things up there because that's kind of our heart for these guys. And, and the guys that are up there now. And I was I've just been massively encouraged by the guys that just got off to, to university and we we want to have them grounded in the Word of God. We want them to know their identity in Christ. Uh we want them to know their gifting, which includes actually how they how they operate in mission and, and communicate the gospel with their friends. Uh but then also we want them to be serving in their gifting. So when they go off to university, then they can go to any church and serve with a great heart, knowing what they're called to do and be able to do it well. And it's been really great to hear people like... Um Heather being involved in, or going along to Bridge Street, which is a kind of semi-black Pentecostal church, and it's great, point they're all dancing in the aisles and everything going crazy. Uh, ben Waters uh, in Huddersfield, he's involved in the Christian Union now, and he's uh, on the events committee, and he recently did Pancakes and a Pint night this week, uh, and inviting loads of his friends to come along and reach out in mission. Ruth involved in the youth leadership team uh, at the church she goes to, and, uh, and Barney's just been at a conversation this week with Howard about being involved in the Alive, what was New Life Lincoln worship team. So we're seeing seeing growth and and part of that's you guys investing. I don't say it to glorify myself, it's what God does. But as a a church, we invest in these young lives and we invest in the kingdom and they're they're actively doing that. And that's our heart and our vision for those guys down there that can't hear me uh, and for the guys that we're connecting. Um, So there's a few pictures um, of them. Um, We do a whole range of stuff uh with the youth um, we've got Engage which is a Friday night drop-in uh, which Angie helped instigate and, and make happen and uh, it's great we just meet in the church offices we just hang out and have toast or crumpets or muffins or whatever the choice is of the day um, and we'll hang out and chat to them sometimes they just they just sit there for the tape I'm just on my phone um, that's it they, they just sit there like that but They connect, they engage with each other, they communicate with each other, they they bring their non-Christian friends along. Um, I think it was last year we did, there was a drama that we did for church and some of those guys were non-Christians that have been coming along to engage. So it's a great way for for us to connect with them. Um, We've got Sunday morning and Amanda heads up the program for that where we do some teaching with them. And then Sunday Night Live is our main kind of discipleship group. At the moment, we're going through the foundations course. So we've got Andrew and Richard helping deliver us that. But we go through lots of different things. Uh, again, looking at gifting, looking at character, uh, looking at mission, trying to really stimulate their own faith. We do it in a more discussion format as well. So we could quite easily stand there and talk to them. But actually, it's, for that age, it's important for them to grab it for themselves that we don't want them to be reliant upon the faith of their, their parents or reliant upon the faith of their friends. We want it to be real in their own lives. Uh, so that's what we, we try and do and encourage them to think for themselves and think, what does this actually mean for me in my own life and how can I put it into practice? Um, and then we have some great fun at socials as well. You can see that we had a weekend away, a staycation, uh, where we looked at the word of God and, and connecting with God, different ways you can connect with God. And we went to Welton Waters as well and, and did some fun out on the water. Uh, there just near the Humber. Uh, and that's great. That's a really important part of what we do is kind of like the weekend away style sort of stuff, um, helping them connect with each other. And other such socials. Um, other things we do with them, uh, I also head up a, a regional team who are in an event called Momentum. So it's kind of like... Um, if you think one event or grapevine on kind of a real lower level, we get like 60, 70 kids from different churches from around the region coming together to worship, to pray, uh, to respond to whatever God's saying at that point in time and to hear a talk. And I've always been blown away by, by momentum that um, we, we set it out. We want to equip uh, the existing group's, Christian groups around the region, so that they could be empowered to go back to their churches and to grow. And as they grow, then the event grows. But it's really about equipping them and empowering them. And every time we, we, we've done one—well, pretty much almost every time we've done one—we've all we've seen people being saved. We always give the opportunity for people to be saved. We're seeing young people come to Christ, um, and we're not doing anything different than the normal. You know, we have some worship, we have some teaching, we have some a response time and a prayer time, and. It's great. It's really exciting. We kind of leave the meetings just amazed by what God is doing and saying and uh, prophetic words spoken over people's lives. It, it's exciting. Um, a couple of other things we do is uh, Sound Clash, which we work alongside Beverly Town Council. They gave us some money to do some music events. Uh, we've been working with some young musicians. to We've had some band events here, but we've also been using The Shed, which is a great little coffee wine bar place uh, just near Cactus Jacks. And, we we've been there have been able to do, do an acoustic night and it's a great again a great way to connect with some of the young people and some of the young people around around Beverly off the back of that I was able to do a songwriting session with about four or five of these these people and I was able to because cause of the Beverly Town Council event you have got to be very careful in what you say regarding your Christian faith uh but in the songwriting session it was run as as Beverly Community Church uh, and I was representing representing the church on that so i was able to say actually as a songwriter what influences me and how god inspires me and, and my songs are written through the bible and it was great to be able to connect with these young people on that sort of level so that's kind of what we do we do do quite a lot of stuff uh, we've got some other stuff coming up uh, as well which is exciting but i'll hold fire on that one um a few more pictures so that's momentum up there at the top um beach trip that we did and obviously we had the blackout as well we did uh, another responsibility that I hold which we haven't had chance to update you on uh is the brink if you don't know uh the brink or not or you might have heard of it or don't know what it is it's a project that launched back in September actually it's an experiment really I guess is probably a good word to use in trying to do something a little bit different to reach out to the community um and it's been great. It's been a fantastic journey. It's been exciting. It's been scary. It's been nervous, um, but it's been good. We're calling ourselves a missional community uh, and we were defined by this, uh, a community of Christ followers on mission with God in obedience to the Holy Spirit that demonstrates tangibly and declares creatively the gospel of Jesus Christ to a specific pocket of people. Um, I'll just read that again just so it sinks in. A community of Christ followers on mission with God in obedience to the Holy Spirit that demonstrates tangibly and declares creatively the gospel of Jesus Christ to a specific pocket of people. The specific pocket of people we're aiming at is Molescroft. Uh, the reason for that, we've got a number of people already existing in the Molescroft area and it made sense for us to come together, uh, pool our resources uh, and, and to try and do something. In real terms, what does that look like? Um, We're following a model that's quite widely used for missional communities, and it's uh, a triangle up and out. So we try and do a rhythm every month of different things. So we've always got something that's upward about our own discipleship and our own love for God. We've always got something inward where we're looking after each other and trying to support each other. We've always got something outward, which is mission and loving other people. On the ground, what does that really look like, Ali? Well, on the first Thursday of the month, we have Equip, which is a teaching discussion, more kind of a classic home group model sort of thing. Uh, second month, we'll have a social, and we've done various different things. We've done ale tasting, we're doing chocolate tasting, we had our Christmas fair, we had a quiz, um, we're going to get a Build a Burger workshop uh, coming up. So lots of different things that we can just connect with the community. Uh we've got the Be the Change night, which is more reflection night, looking at change you want to make in yourself or in the community and then putting places and accountability and how we can do that. Fourth one we've kind of got all access purpose driven pint. So we're not excluding the women. It's open to all. Um controversial. (laughs) Hey, purpose driven pint is great for what it does. Um but we, we really felt actually we want to open it up as well to other people. Um and so so we do that down at the Hayride pub. And then if there's a fifth of the month, then we'll have a meal as well. I'll just invite Angie just to come and share about what she's been getting out of the brink and how it's helped and changed her. This is where she brings out a big roll of paper that's massively long. And you've got five minutes, Angie. <laughs> you should see the size of the writing on a piece of paper, though.
1: Okay, right. This is the first time I've had um, a microphone in my hand when I'm in the middle of a wobble. Um, so People might start getting nervous now. Um, <laughs> the reason I started to wobble is when we were seeing about what happens in India. Um, it is so encouraging to see the things that's going on in India, um, to see God working there in people's lives, to see how... Um, people are living in such close relationship to God um, and to see people being added to the church family um, but just so much want to see it here um, it's the same God as has already been said a couple of times this morning across here I'm just desperate to see you know people being saved I don't want my friends my family even you know neighbours I don't want any of them to go to hell um, and I want them also you know to have what we've got now to be able to live Um, as part of God's family, to be able to live um, God's way now. Um, But I find it really, really hard um, telling people about God and even like what we have, because people have got so many prejudices. It's a different connecting with people across here to what it must be like connecting with people across in India. I think there's more of a a spiritual awareness there, more of an openness there. Um, Here I'm reading a book at the moment, and in it it says... It's always talking about people that that tell people that Jesus loves them. It's not a Christian book, obviously, um, because they're just labeled Jesus freaks and people are avoiding them. Um, But that's the world we're living in. People have got so many prejudices. You mentioned church, you mentioned Jesus. um, People just think you're strange, think you're a freak. Um, Maybe not everybody. And yet we can talk about things that God's doing in our lives and and the wonderful things that we've got as part of the church. Um, But there's still these barriers. I tell people about Sunday mornings... But they don't come. I tell people about the courses that we do and the different things they do, and they're like, "Yeah, that's really interesting. That sounds really, really good." But they don't come. So it's like really frustrating when you're wanting people, you know, to have what we've got. Um, so the brink. I'm finding that that is. I haven't used anything I've written. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the brink. How, how is that working? How am I finding that sort of helpful for for inviting people in? I'm finding it. it, it, it has, there's been yeah. There's been knocks as we've been doing it, and there's been discouragements. But I'm finding that things are starting to fall into place now, and I'm finding that things are starting to work Um, especially since we separated the nights out I can talk to people about it I can talk to my neighbours about it um, talk to people at Oranges and Lemons about it and you can be clear about what's teaching nights and about what's social Um, and for some reason it seems to be connecting with people Also, it means I've got to invite people. I can't go to the social things without asking somebody. It's not just like a social club. The idea is to invite people in. So, no, I would rather just go along. Um, But I I feel like this pressure that I have to ask people. (laughs) So, like, at least every month, I'm 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 sending invitations around to people. Um, But people are coming. Uh, And they're starting to see and get to know us and see who we are and see the things we do. We had one social, there was 22 people there. I think there was maybe 60% of those went not church. You know, that, that was really encouraging. And the, some of those are saying that they're going to come again this Thursday to what we're doing. Um, so people, it's taking down barriers, I think. It's starting to remove some of the suspicions that people's got about us. Yes, they are only with us. Um, as a social thing but they're starting to see who we are um, the, it gives us chance for discussions um, they see that we're not you know, freaks um, it's just opportunities to talk to people and then for us to invite them on to further things because the other nights we're doing yes we are doing things that's teaching nights um, there's things about you know, how they can make changes in their own lives and it's bible based um, but they are all things that they could connect with as well so it's given us that step to invite people in
0: Smashing! Thanks, Angie. And that really has been the challenge on each and every one of us in the team: is that, um, that actually the expectation is that we will speak to our neighbours, that we will speak to our work colleagues, that we will speak to those in the community that we connect with, and invite them along to things. Um, are we expecting people to be saved, you know, in the next week or two? No, we're not. But we're looking at the long run. Actually. The way we're structured, we're not a church plant, we don't see ourselves as a church plant in any shape or form, we're connected to BCC, and the way we see ourselves connecting into BCC is quite easily, we, we're, we're almost like the pre-course. Thing, you know, we're the appetizer, I guess, you know, we, we, we meet with people, then we can invite people onto courses and signpost people out of relationship. Or we can then, out of relationship, invite them along to Sunday morning or cabaret or comedy night or whatever it may be that the church is putting on that we want to signpost and direct people into there. And as we get to know people, then there may be some pastoral issues that come to light or issues that people have in their lives. Again, we've got people in the church and projects in the church which we want to signpost people into and say, actually, hey, we're part of a wider family. There's a lot more people here that you can come and be a part of and we want you to be a part of it. So we'd appreciate your prayers in that. It's been an exciting journey. As as Angie said, it's been a bit scary at times, uh, pushing the boat out. Um, But an interesting little thing is the council have cottoned on to what we've been doing up at Molescroft. And I had a conversation probably about six months ago now, with someone from the council saying, hey, what's this thing that you're doing about connecting community and neighbourhoods and stuff like that? And kind of got to share a little bit about what we were doing and and how we were doing it. And they said, that's really interesting. We would love something like that in the Swinemore Estate. Could you do something? (laughs) So there's been a few conversations. Obviously, there's different churches active in the Swinemore Estate and uh, and on the go at the moment, but out of discussions and, and conversations we're at a point where we're looking at launching uh, a daytime drop-in at the um, Burden Road what was Youth Centre, now Family Centre um, they've given us £2,000 towards that uh, to get it up and running, it's going to be a partnership between ourselves uh, Beverly Baptist Church and New Harvest and really the idea is that we connect with, again it's inviting people in to connect on a weekly basis from 10 to 11, but the idea is we'll also have someone stationed there who will be able to do a, a basic initial assessment of family need, and where there 's maybe a financial need, we can sandpost them on to Christians against poverty uh, maybe they 've got a, a, just a food need they can get, we can sandpost them to a food bank maybe there 's more deeper issues where there 's counseling where we 've got counselors within, within our church already so it 's like, kind of that initial contact that we 're making, and the counselor jumping on board with it so Saying that, if anybody is interested in getting involved in that project, um, you know we are looking for people to get on board and support it from the church. I know this is the first time it's been announced and put out there, uh, but it's really exciting that this is developing and growing. Uh, and it's all through you know, relationship and connections that God brings about. And uh, if you want to get involved, then please do. Um, just on another little note as well, there's part of the connecting into Molescroft. It was... I felt it was really important that we got embedded into Molescroft. Our kids are at at, at the primary school there, or Jerry's at the primary school there, and I'm doing assemblies there, but also I'm a parish councillor now for Molescroft, which means I can have influence discussions um, at a really low government level, but actually we can help shape some stuff for the community in Molescroft and actually represent the community in Molescroft at that level. Um, So anyway, that's um, some of the stuff that I get up to. There's other stuff that I do, but uh, we're drastically running out of time. A few little pictures. Beautiful. Okay, so if you want to get your Bibles very quickly, um, I will be literally about ten minutes with this. Um, if we go Luke two, we'll go Luke two forty one. I just want to share. Uh, it's just it's no great new revelation. Some of you will have heard this before, um, but it's it's a little tool that I've picked up. Um, that guy, John Andrews, some of you will know, but also a guy called Dave Ferguson uses. Uh, it's really helpful. I have found in the last year or so, uh, trying to balance a lot of different things and trying to keep sane in the process of doing it, um, and how I can personally grow my relationship with God, and how I can grow and develop into what God's called me to be and what God's called me to do, um, it's really been really, really helpful for me. So Luke 2:41 we'll go through. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents were unaware of it. But supposed to him, uh, but supposed him to be in the caravan and went a day's journey. And they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. When they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. Then after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When they saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. He said to them, why is it that you were looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand the statement which had been made. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth. And he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. I find this a fascinating story. Um, that what we see in these passages is the last kind of glimpse into the life of Jesus. Um, and then kind of, it, it's almost like, It disappears off the page until kind of he's 30 and begins his ministry. I think it's really important that actually what is the last thing the Bible has to say about Jesus as he grew as a child um, before his ministry. How did he grow? How did he develop? What happened? And what went on? We read that. That the family went to Passover. It wasn't like they just hopped out the car, hopped out the house and jumped in the car, drove to Jerusalem. You know, we're talking about hundreds, maybe thousands of people en masse traveling down to Jerusalem at once. In Jerusalem, it would have been chaos. It had been very, very, very busy. Uh, Passover being one of the three feasts that they go to. And they decided to head back home. And then, after a day, they realised he was missing. I said, after a day? You know, my kids are gone for five minutes. So I'm like, <gasps> where are they gone? <laughs> Disappeared around the corner. They're on the scooter. They've just gone around the corner. It's like hiding behind a tree. Jerry, where are you? Joe, jo. Joe. This guy's, Daddy, i here. Like a crazy boy. And it gets even worse, though, because they, they discover that he's been missing for a day. And, again, in travelling in convoy, if you think it wasn't like today's culture either, uh... It would have been a close-knit community. They have well known each other, probably presumed that he was with another family. They presumed he was in the caravan, it says in there. Or he could have been with, with other people that they knew and he was safe and it would have been fine. And they couldn't find him. Um, but then we read on that, actually, they went back to Jerusalem. That was after three days. Our goodness knows what they were going through. After three days, they found him. And Jesus turns around and says to them, don't know, I had to be in my father's house. And this is a 12-year-old. It's what's going on there. Um, I think for that it was a reminder that he was first the Son of God. That Jesus was first Son of God, and he had to be about his Father's business. And even at the age of twelve, we see see Jesus acting in that, knowing his his purpose, knowing his part of his identity. And part of that was having to learn and grow in the temple and, and, and to understand and, and to receive teaching and to ask questions because they were the knowledgeable guys in the temple. And, and so he's receiving, receiving teaching and knowledge from there. But then we also then go on to read that when they came back to Nazareth, Jesus obeyed his parents. So Jesus firstly was submitted to, his, to the father, but then he submitted to authority that was above him, which was his parents at the time. And then also he submitted to maturity, and this is where I quickly want to get to uh this morning. In that firstly, we need to be submitted to the Father, to the will of the Father. That needs to come above and beyond anything else that we do. Whatever our priorities, we submit ourselves to God and His will. But then also we're called to submit ourselves to authorities, which could be the government of the day, where it's difficult. Or easy as that may be. It could be our church leaders. Uh it can be you know if you're still if you're young enough, anyone young enough, I don't know. But it could be parents, whoever it may be, whoever is our authority, there's submission to them. Uh obviously that the will of God usurps that um, at some stage. But most most of it can get through that without a conflict. But then he submits to maturity. And Luke two fifty-two has been a, a great tool for me where it says Jesus grew. In wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. You could reword that and say Jesus grew mentally, he grew physically, he grew spiritually, and he grew relationally. And those four areas, uh, something which I've been trying to work through in my own past devotions and, my, and in my own time. And very quickly, I just want to touch on each and every one of them. And one thing I want to try and encourage you to do, maybe this week, is pick up those four areas. And what I try to do is, um, just on a, on a piece of paper, I'll write down those four areas. And I'll mark myself one to ten on those areas. So relational. So that talks about the people which we interact with on a regular basis. It can be our family, it can be our friends, it could be co-workers, um, can be neighbours, um, it could be people in home groups or small groups or whatever it may be. Matthew 5:16 says, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven." And whether you're, whatever you do, it says in the Bible, "All everything you do, do for the glory of God." That we should do things, for the, everything we do, should be for the glory of God. And so, firstly, relationally, some questions that that, I, that I've had to ask myself, and I'm just throwing out there: How are relationships at home? How oh, are your relationships at home? How's marriage or family life going on a scale of one to ten? How's that? How does that match up? What's not going so well? What would you like to change? Who do you consider your closest friend? And how's God using that for your relationship to grow? What are your relationships at work like? And then what relationships give you energy in life? And which ones are most challenging or draining? Um one thing I came to, to learn to understand is that there are certain relationships in our lives. There are people who will come into our lives that will limit what God can do. Or will limit us in what God can do. But there are other relationships in our lives that will actually release us to be all that God wants us to be. Do we have those people that will release us into what God's called us to be? Or are we just happy to be limited in, in, in who we are? Relationships, they're massive, massive part of our world. Um... Especially more with kind of like social media and things like that. But how are those things? Uh, they're really important. And Jesus grew in, in, in the in the art of relationship. Jesus was comfortable with the children as much as he was with the older people, as much as he was with the sinners, as much as he was with the Pharisees. And he was able to have relationship with lots of different people on different levels. Uh, and and then he grew into that. It was something which he had to learn. The next one, physical, physical. Um, not often one that's like to be talked about, but hey ho, here we go. Uh, we'll dive into it quickly. Um, but actually, our physical well-being is an important aspect of our lives. That we know Jesus grew physically; that he wasn't wasn't a weakling. And I found that when I diet and when I exercise, I feel better about myself. There's there's regular studies that are out there that say, if actually if you look after your body physically, you will actually feel better about yourselves; that you'll have more of a positive outlook upon life. Um, and, and so it's one thing which I try and do. Uh, part of that is, are we getting enough rest? Do we have enough time out and, uh, and rest? And What's our current energy level? Are we co- constantly tired? I found just talking to people, there's kind of almost a malaise, a tiredness upon people at the moment. I'm not saying that's necessarily down to physical health, but uh, maybe there's something spiritual else going on as well, but there's just a physical, you know, I'm tired. So you know, how are we doing with that? Um, are we maintaining... Good health. Um, and is there anything we can do about our physical health as well? Um, it's interesting. I like. I find myself more alert and more awake when I've exercised, when I'm starting to eat healthy, when I actually look after the body that God's given me. And that actually gives me the energy to do more of what God's called me to do rather than thinking, oh, I'm tired tonight. I just oh, I can't be bothered with that. You know, you actually want to do more because uh, it's exciting it's good. Um, Very quickly, mentally, um, Another, another interesting one to look at. How are we growing mentally? How are we stimulating our minds? What was the last thing we kind of read? What was the last thing we'd learnt? What sort of stuff draws you close to God? How do you connect with God on a kind of a, a mental level? When was the last time you read something that stimulated or, or revealed something about His character or His nature or His purposes in your life? Um, I, I, I'm thankful that I've been able to do the masters course out of the masters course that I've been doing I've been able to you know, stimulate my thoughts no end out of that came the brink project but also just just in terms of my own thought process and character and and theology it's helped shape and form that um, and it's not something I actually want to lose is kind of the whole reading thing of you know just reading something new and fresh it's it's good to get stuck into a book and and read it um, so yeah What what stuff do you read that helps you draw close to God? And what stuff do you read that pulls you away from him? And it's an area that we can grow in. And then very quickly, spiritually. um, It's imperative that we discover the things that draw us closer to God. And help deepen our relationship with Jesus. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. is deepening our relationship with Jesus. So a few questions, again, to throw out with you. How would you describe your relationship with Christ right now? Just on a scale of one to ten, one being non-existent, <laughs> ten being red hot yeah, in heaven and on fire. Um, what does it look like when you feel closely connected to God? How does that affect your life? How is that shaped? Um... Know, what spiritual disciplines help you draw close to God? Identifying some of this stuff can help us connect with God. The, you know, do you engage in worship? Do you engage through through reading? Do you engage through through journaling, through creation, through um, even solitude? You know, so many different ways we can connect with God. And you know, it, if you don't feel close, and how are you creating space to get close and to draw close to His heart? I found that you know, when we draw close to His heart, we hear Him more clearly. He speaks more clearly to us and we just build up that relationship with him. Then what has God been saying to you lately through his word, the Holy Spirit, prayer or other people? You know, what's God been saying? What's he saying? Uh, I believe God's always got something he wants to say to us that he's just desperate to speak to his children. And, you know, if we just set aside time and just to listen out for his voice in whatever way it may be. Um, yeah. And, just to hear the words that he, either he loves us um, or just to hear what he some of the things that he's calling us to do or calling us to be or maybe he's, he's giving us something for someone else we need to draw close to him so what do those four arrows look like um, very quick one but you know maybe this week. Take those four areas and look at them. Maybe you've identified already in your life one of those areas that actually think, actually, you know, I'm, I'm struggling a bit in that area. I'm, you know, I could do some work in there. Maybe find someone to come alongside you and help you out. You know, we're not meant to walk the Christian journey alone. It's never meant to be a, a journey we've gone our alone. It's something we do together. And maybe you want someone to support you in one of those areas. Um, Hebrews 5, 8 to 9 says, although he was a son, He learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. So Jesus grew into all those things and he didn't just say he was the way, the truth and the life. He is the way, the truth and the life. He is our source of eternal salvation, the source of eternal salvation. And if Jesus grew in those areas, then there's every reason for us to grow in those areas. And I just believe that he wants us to grow to be more and more like him, not for our own self-satisfaction, although that is a knock-on effect of it, because we do get benefit from being close to God. But actually so more and more people can see Christ in us in our day-to-day lives, so that more and more people can know a life of Christ. There's a guy called, just wrapping up very quickly, a guy called Leslie Newbegin. Um, Strangely enough, he was a missionary out in India for 40 years. He... Uh, he, he left England when it was a culture to go to church, where everybody go to church, and you know, it was just the norm that Christian values were, were held onto. And he left for 40 years. He came back and noticed culture completely shifted, but the church hadn't, that they were still trying to do the same things in a completely different environment and different culture. And he said, one of the things the church needs to become is a contrast community, that against the backdrop of everything the culture throws at them, then actually they are, they are living differently. They are something different. that They are the called out ones. And, and that's a challenge upon me. As I said, how desperate am I for God? How desperate am I for him to do more in my life, for him to do more in our youth group, in the brink, in the church? And I believe it comes out of, let's set ourselves aside. Let's deliberately, intentionally seek to grow into the things God has for us. Let's be bold, people, because God is able. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can hope, dream, or imagine. So whatever you're hoping or dreaming right now, God is able to do above and beyond that, way above and beyond that. And let's believe, actually, as we grow, God's going to do some greater things in our lives, in the lives of our church. Amen. Okay, cool. Let me just pray, and then tea, coffee, biscuit. That'd be great. Father God, I thank you. Uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for how you speak to us in various different ways. And Lord, I just pray for us this morning. Uh, Lord, that you would help us to grow to be more like you. Um, help us just to reflect upon and what you've already done in our lives, and thank you for what you've done already. But Father, we believe for more in our own lives, and we believe in more for this church. Father, we pray for a great relationship with you. We pray for a great relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, And Lord, we'll be able to walk in spirit and in truth in our day-to-day lives, That we see many men and women come to know and love you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.